major read um, into into that. So uh, first of all, you guys, we appreciate you listening. Um, we hope we bring value. We want to be able to do this podcast before the, some encouragement, inspiration, and most importantly, the fundamental foundation of education while you're driving into work. Uh, and about driving into work is funny because I guess we could dive right back into Seth for Life. It talks about commute and a number of things uh, to build yourself to be set for life. So, yeah, it's a really, really good book. I'm still getting through the second half of it. Um, uh, you know, this podcast, Financial Therapy, was birthed out of... It's really a quest for us to try to save more. Yeah. Um, save more money, save more people by helping them save more money. <laughs> and Set for Life... Um, the foundation is developing that habit of saving that he calls the first 25000 which he also states is the hardest. So it was really interesting. Um, one of the things that I took from the book so far is this game between fixed and variable expenses mm. and how the focus on variable can make some change, but it can also have negative effects, which I didn't think about. Think about yeah. um, when he talks about what you spend on entertainment, what you spend on social gatherings and social on your social life matters to the whole that is you. And cutting those things out, even though it may save you some pennies, but psychologically, it can cause real harm because yeah. you know one of the things humans need is is interaction. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was that if you're truly trying to create change, and when we talk about create change, we're talking about being able to save and save more, that your fixed expenses are where you should focus your attention. And I think before reading this book, I had convinced myself that if I just found a way to keep my variable spending under control, <laughs> that it would be a game changer. Yeah, personal experience. Yeah, and, and now I'm rethinking that. Um, yeah, I'm rethinking that. Because, again, my business to, my best, biggest two expenses that Scott Trench breaks down in the book, Set for Life, is your housing situation, your taxes, and your commute slash transportation. Yeah, I think that's huge. Personal experience, I really can say it was the same way for me, you know, trying to save the pennies. Uh, quote that he said, you save, it's better to save a penny than to, you know, make a penny because of tax implications in the future. Uh, however, tax implications are in the future. So immediately you're faced with these psychological wars because you're not experiencing life and you, we, you you do need to experience life. And so I'm cutting back and because of my relationship that I have with my girl, my family, I'm not really doing so much. So the disconnect and those things with my family is weighing in on me that I wasn't able to think about until I was able to read this book and I started being like, oh, you know what? 
it would be better for me to, of course, not waste money just not eating at home because I didn't prepare something and going out and saving that money and using it for the experiences I have with my family and friends and how that is important to plan for. Um, but still understanding that and focusing on, okay, the top three fixed expenses, like Steve was saying, is the home, taxes in the future, um, and the commute. And uh, side note, the commute ride in, in here was amazing, Steve. That was hilarious. We carpooled up. And we uh, had a, the time of the life. The life I really needed. Um, so to get back on topic, uh, those things are extremely important. I guess my my plan personally, since this is financial therapy and we want to be transparent as candid as possible, my plan has always been to be free spirited, to uh, to grind and save for financial independence, and this is what this book brings, uh, and to focus on eliminating that. So for me, me and Steve did commute into the office today, but for two years, I would drive up and down 75 every single day. Wake up at 3.30, get my workout in, get in the big Red Bertha. Uh, that's my truck. I call it a Red Bertha. Because she had a big old butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she used to drink every little bit of gas that was at Chevron. And did ask for more. And I'd be like, look here, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would hit on the interstate and push it. And what I started seeing was that was a huge expense when I looked at my balance sheet. And it was an eye-opener for me. So I tr- at first I tried different methods, maybe finding ways to stay down here. I was looking for a condo down here. I was doing a number of different things so I could be closer to home, I mean, closer to the job. And then I realized, you know, let me work from home. Maybe in the future I could find, start building towards ways I could work from home. And that's what, you know, I I initially started doing. And of course, like the book says, it's funny. It talked about not underestimating education. And so in that quest, I reallocated that $600 I was spending monthly for gas and for driving, not even talking about how much I was paying for the car. I'm literally talking about just gas. I used that to invest in reading books and watching podcasts, and I mean, listening podcasts, watching YouTube videos, applying for classes and courses, educating myself. And it was I was able to start building businesses and a practice um, that was conducive of the dream and the vision that I had now I had to sacrifice a lot of fun and stuff at the time um, but I'm definitely I wanted to share that personal experience because it does give you a sense of freedom when you realize you're able to go through those life skills I mean go through those life lessons and develop life skills um, so I just wanted to share that yeah, um, I guess you know, to, our theme here is financial therapy, um, and it's all about 
healing through finance. Um, I think Scott Trench, if you have you know if you haven't heard the book or you haven't read the book, uh, it's available in paperback as well as audiobook form. It's called Set for Life by Scott Trench, and he does a really good job uh, making sure that you understand the fundamentals of your needs and compare that with the desires of your your life. Um, and he talks about, to East Point, you know, sometimes it is good to get away from the fun and the social interaction and being by yourself. There's a lot of good that comes from that. Um, but extended over a long period of time, you can run into social problems. And one of the things that he talks about is not starving the things that you enjoy for the sake of living alone. When you could just as easily have a roommate, mm. save half on your rent and mortgage, and still be able to do all the things you enjoy without having to feel guilty about the fact that you enjoy the things you enjoy. And it kind of got me thinking um, on the long the lines of culture. Uh, so I just moved into a new town home and my next door neighbors are uh, of Indian descent. And there's two, either two or three married couples that live in that one town all together. Wow, respect. And they all split the mortgage. Meanwhile. And- <laughs> He's, Steve is rolling his eyes, right? As soon as, as, soon as I, I put the, put, did the math and put it together, because I talked to them, they're wonderful people. And I think that's the beauty of the U.S. is that it's a multicultural Country. United States, whatever you, however you want to describe it. Um, but it gives you the opportunity to learn from different people and to understand their beliefs and how they see life and what they do with and life. What they value and when I thought about the fact that they were splitting this mortgage three ways by couples, yeah. if they all work six ways, and it just blew my mind because it never dawned on me that I would ever be married living with other married people. But think about the possibilities if you had your rent or your mortgage split six ways. If your mortgage and rent was literally a third of where you at, where would you be in life? Where where could you go? What could you do differently? It's called house hacking. House hacking with the machete. And it's another chapter in the book that talks about how to go from the twenty-five, the first twenty-five thousand, which he says is the hardest, to a hundred thousand, and he talks about the ability to turn your biggest expense into an income-generating tool. Now, a lot of people are familiar with this topic of renting out spaces, renting out homes, uh, but when you look more closely at the averages, culturally, and when I say culture, I don't mean black, I mean American. Culturally, we still are making living choices based on desires and not based on goals. Which is really tough. It's very tough. Because desires change quickly, fast, 
and definitely are influenced by what you see and what you hear on a daily basis. So whoever's controlling the narrative can have you feeding their pockets based on what their goals are and not necessarily the goals that you have for yourself and your family and your legacy. It's just never dawned on me. So it, it has me going back. And again, this is financial therapy. So it's like you have to deal with what are the beliefs that sit deep inside you that guide your behavior? So what was it about the background of the families that live next door to me for them to be, that was a no-brainer. You know, they're not, they don't strike me as people who had to get together to buy this place. It struck me as, why wouldn't we get together to buy this place? It's <laughs> a very good question. And just a different mindset. It's a mindset. So they're thinking about the po- Sorry, because you're all they're thinking mm-hmm. about the possibilities. I don't know. I mean, you have to be thinking about the possibilities. I would. I don't. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. There, there's so many possibilities that you have, and not the limitations. Think about if, as a couple. And I've, you know, I have family, I have friends, like anybody else, and I've lived with by myself and with other people. And the conflictions that you have when you're staying with somebody else is the privacy, what you can't do, what you, what you, what you would rather have, which, yeah. you know, what I'm saying not being able to compromise collectively, and so that's limitations. Now let's think about the possibilities and the opportunities if you living with a couple. You're able to save more. You're able to, you're able to interact. You're able to build stronger relationships. You're able to learn how to communicate with somebody, which is in an era where we have a social media, it's very tough to do because you're not really interacting. You don't have to deal with the, the presence and energy of somebody right next to you when you're in a disagreement. Man, that's interesting. Wow. I don't know. I'm, I salute them. I would I say the them. the younger me, especially single me. My, my my belief was if I live alone, my the probability of me getting laid would have gone up. So let's just throw that out there. A yeah, young a young single room, right? a young single elephant man, in room. We had one. But girls, you need better. In your watch mind, out. if you live Steve, alone, that Steve is only no, <laughs> no thing, not a thing. Since taken. But it's it's cooker man was. I have to be I have to be honest about that. Like living alone, you just think you'll get laid more. Yeah, you do. And bachelor that's pad, not bachelor. really the case. Bachelor pad. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's it, more efficient ways to do it. Yeah. You have hotels, you have motels, you have holiday years. But uh, <laughs> gotta sing a song. Like, I see Snoop Dogg going there like this on that gift. He's like, <laughs> but I'm telling you, like. To the single guys out there. Yeah, there's more efficient ways. Man, get you That's another podcast. If she's going to do it, it doesn't matter if it you got a roommate or not. It's, nice it's not the deciding factor. Mm-hmm. Women, I I don't want to assume that it's the same for you, <laughs> but it's just me too. I'm going to assume it's the same for you. Yeah, do it. Trust me. Yeah. He doesn't care if you have 12 bitches. <laughs> and it's, you can laugh it up. But if we're getting to the real, some of them are more the merrier. That's we're talking about why people really want to live alone. It's because of secrets. Yeah. It's because of lack of vulnerability. Yeah, no, and and compatibility. 
Yeah. Living with a clean freak is tough. It is. <laughs> Living with someone who's never <laughs> met a mess they didn't like <laughs> is tough. It is. Like, wait a minute. You're not going to rewash that? That dish is still greasy. No dishes after 9 o'clock. But that short-term discomfort, because you're talking about, you know, we're talking rent, leases are one, two-year max, really. You're talking about two years of discomfort that could possibly save you 15 grand. And also build you toward financial penance. The last, instead of retiring at the age of 65, possibly, you're able to be financially independent by 40. 40. Think about that, though. Like, let's really think about at the age of 40, when you're, let's say you do have kids. Let's say you have kids, you've been... Where now the uh, the the uh, the a- the average age of a buying a home is around 33, so instead of seven years into a mortgage that you're still paying mostly interest on mostly interest on, you're able to have developed cash flow for yourself and be able to live off the cash flow that you have and not even touch the capital that you've been saving up until this point. That's beautiful. And you and you're able to travel. You're able to see a number of different things, all because you was able to sacrifice for those two years uh, and be able to work on compatibility. And by all means, we're not saying that this is what you should do and that this works for you. This is not that. This is just us looking at... It's on a path. We're just on a path to try to save more. That's all we are. That's all we're on. That's all we're on. That's all we're doing. And what we will always repeat... Almost every podcast, there's only three ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Either cut your expenses well, down, well, you raise your income up, yeah, and for the best approach, you do both. Glory. No other ways around no it. Way, man. Man, the church say amen. Amen. <laughs> That's fact, though, man. That is fact. That's, man, I hope. I love having conversations like this, man, because it's inspiring and it is goal-oriented. What I liked about what you said earlier, not to get off topic, but to continue to uh, move forward, I watched a YouTube video of a lady who talked about when you look back, successful people. Um, And while we're doing our financial therapy, I like the fact that you said what? And not why, and this is why. This is why, <laughs> because she said when you, she did a study and a test of people who were forward thinking, and they had a num, they had two different groups, and the group that was more successful in their life, they, they went through the 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 notes of the questions that they were asked, and they had open-ended questions that they were able to ask, and the successful group asked what instead of why, because. When they look back, they say, what could I have done differently? What uh, what could I have looked for? What was I feeling? What was I thinking? And not why, because they said when you ask why, you tend to find ways to justify what you already was thinking. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask about the, the uh, Indian couple and you said, what were they looking for? You open yourself up to the opportunities and creating more options for yourself instead of limiting yourself with why. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, 
Why expect speculative? Why do anything? <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's pretty deep. I never thought about when that. When I find that YouTube video, I will definitely share it for the financial therapy. Maybe we could talk about that next, but that's yeah, we'll um we'll have to definitely part two of the book. Um, um so again, the book is called Set for Life, Set for Life. by the author Scott Trench. And the first twenty five being the hardest uh, just goes back to He's basically talking about storing up a year's worth of your expenses being saved as being the first marker of successful saving, I guess is the phrase you can use. So don't think of the 25000 as concrete. He really bases that on the average. Um, it's going to increase or it's going to fluctuate depending on where you live in the country. Of course, there's areas where housing is far more expensive than other areas, but what you're really trying to focus on is trying to get as close as possible to having a year's worth of your expenses saved. And he talks deeply about how that shifts your mindset and helps you to open up, like he said, to the opportunities and the creativity that's within you. So part two, we definitely uh, we're going to cover the second half of the book. We'll get in more detail about the house hacking and, you know, some of the strategies that he prescribes. I can definitely. Um, and then also the career wise. So we talked a lot about your expenses and how to keep them down. Uh, the second half of the book covers more about making more money and the prospects of scaling a scalable career. Uh, so that's all leading towards um, his last part, which is moving from 100000 to financial freedom. So I hope you guys are just as excited as we are uh, to figure out, you know, not just saving the first 25 or going from 25 to 100, but that 100 to financial freedom sounds like uh, that's going to be icing on the cake. Yeah.